Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast, back with Douglas Rushkoff. Uh, Douglas, i got to ask you about your Alistair and Adolf uh, next hour, uh, that fascinating occult book. But you were talking about being on the phone, and they somehow track and follow you. Did you want to get into that again? Sure. I mean, it's funny. We, you know, you might be having a phone conversation with a nephew or someone, and you mention, oh, you know, oh, I'm going to have to buy, a, a, you know, a new baby seat or something for you. And then, you know, you go on the Internet, and all of a sudden there's like an ad for a baby seat there. And naturally we assume, oh, my gosh, they're listening in on the call. Right. You know, the, the sort of the Ed Snowden thing where, you know, the NSA is listening in on every call, and while they are doing that, that's not how they get the baby seat on there. It's almost scarier to realize the way they figured out about the baby seat has nothing to do with hearing your conversation and everything to do with watching all of your behaviors online. And not even the content of your email or the specific sites that you're going to, but they're analyzing everything. It's how rapidly you click on your mouse, what you hover over with your, with your pointer, uh, how many times you've checked your Snapchat that day, or if you've gone on Twitter between 10 and 10.15 or 10.15 and 10.30. They lump you into these big statistical buckets, and there's enough people and enough data using all this that they can figure out that, oh, my gosh, people who have this combination of nine keystrokes are... 70% likely to want to be getting a, a baby holder for their car, and they'll throw the ad at you. So the, the weirdest thing is that this is the way the algorithms see us. It's amazing so technology, us. though. Jeez. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, and it's, it's just, predictive, just predictive algorithms. But then when you think about it, I mean, for me, these are kind of the dark arts that I'm really concerned about. This is why I wrote Team Human, is kind of to arm people against this and to fortify, uh, to fortify their resistance. That for me, these algorithms are almost like demons. I mean, think about it. You, you build a piece of code, you teach it how to look for vulnerabilities in a human being, and then how to leverage those vulnerabilities to get us to act often against our own best interests. Well, you're going, to get a, you're going to get a kick out of this, Douglas. Uh, a couple of years ago, I got an email from one of our listeners who said, uh, George, I've been looking at the website of your guest for tonight, and he's got some very inappropriate stuff on his website, uh, which uh, if I were you, I'd cancel the guest. And uh, so I emailed him back, and I said, what do you mean by inappropriate? And he said, there's stuff there, and he explained it to me, and it's so bad I, didn't, I don't want to mention it on the air. Uh, but you can get a picture of that. So I go to the guy's website, the guest, and everything's fine. And I'm looking at it, and I I go back again an hour later. Everything's fine. All all his stuff is fine. His ads are fine. Uh, it, It dawned on me that this guy, the listener, was looking at inappropriate material, and it followed him to this guy's website. Exactly. What people don't realize is that, you know, your Google search results are different than my Google search Exactly. Results. The ads that you get are the different ones than I get. Your Facebook feed is different than my Facebook feed. And that's why we're so screwed up as a society right now. I mean, it used to be bad enough back in the day when we would argue about things, but at least we were seeing the same thing and then arguing about it. Now we're arguing but about things, but we're seeing different things. We're being presented different 
pictures of the world. And the dark part, I mean, the, the part that bothers me is that this is not random. This is by design. This is a divide-and-conquer approach to humanity. They're preventing us from finding common ground, because the more isolated we are, the more alienated we are from one another, the better customers we are. The, the whole design of the interactive space, of the digital space, is to keep us back in our reptile brain, to keep us responding automatically. And, and, and uh, uh, it, they do that by showing us the, the equivalent of car crashes. You know, whether you're on the pro-Trump side or the anti-Trump side, you're going to see images that get you really upset. And that's because when you're upset, you can be more easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. You can be more easily sent to one place or another. You know, there's a whole division at Stanford University called Captology that technology developers go through. And Captology, just like it sounds, is the study of how to capture people online, how to addict them and manipulate their behavior. They port the algorithms from Las Vegas slot machines into our Facebook news feeds, Jeez. into our Snapchat. And that's because they're using what's called behavioral finance in order to modify human behavior to get us clicking on buy buttons and just clicking, you know, just engaged online in that strange, panicked state. Then we come out into the world and we hear about, oh, you know, well, Trump did something to Iran or Iran did something to us, and everything is panic. Everything is catastrophe. Instantly. And you can't approach any problem. You can't do anything. You can't, you can't even engage with your family and your friends if you believe you're in the midst of a catastrophe. Earlier today, doing. earlier today, Douglas, a brigadier general had a letter that he compiled that said that we were going to leave Iraq. Our troops were going to leave. And it hit all the websites. I mean, I'm getting these notifications like crazy. And I'm going, oh, all right, this is interesting. Like... Ten minutes later, there's a retraction from our government. No, this is not true. We're not leaving. Uh, you know, this was an honest mistake. Uh, it's not happening. What are the dangers of things getting out there so fast, uncooperated, unchecked, and, and, the, and they start panic or whatever? Well, the danger, I mean... God, now I'm really going to sound old, and I wasn't alive for it. But the danger is, is, is Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the original fake news, only that was being done as a joke. That was Halloween. And, and people missed fun. the disclaimer at the top of the show. Yeah. And, but, you know, and even though they put a disclaimer, as we all know, you know, people were piling into their cars and trying to get away from the U.S. coast because they were afraid of the, of the alien invasion. And we're in an equivalent state now where one way or another, almost every piece of media that we're looking at is telling us, you are in danger. You know, the world is ending. These people are not your friends. And that's what I'm trying to fight against. That's why I, keep, I, I came up with this kind of this team human meme. You know, partly it's to say, like, Team Human against the robots, you know, that I don't think we're going to get replaced. I don't want to upload my consciousness to a chip. I think, you know, that even if this singularity is coming, I don't think human beings have to pass the evolutionary torch to our robot successors and accept our inevitable extinction. I think we deserve a place in the digital future. But I'm also arguing that 
being human is a team sport. You know, we've bought this really cockamamie understanding of evolution as competition for survival between everybody. Evolution's no more the story of competition than it is of collaboration, of the way that trees share resources through their root systems. They're not crowding each other out for sunlight. They're sharing their energy with one another through a, a living system of roots and mushrooms that take a service fee for the transfer. And human beings are like that, too. We're at our best when we're, when we're connected for real to one another, which was the original intent of the Internet. I was there. I remember these were loving, open-minded, kind of hippie, psychedelic people thinking that the Internet could connect humanity, could be the, the brain for the, you know, for the spirit of Gaia on the planet. Sure. It's way out. But we're using it for the opposite now. We're using it to divide and conquer and to, you, to really to, to amplify some of the oldest and most extractive anti-human um, uh, uh, agendas that, that, you know, the original, the original dominator uh, agenda of, of Pharaoh, you know, is really coming through these technologies today. I am opposed to driverless vehicles, especially driverless trucks, because I don't want to see our truck drivers put out of work. Yeah. Has, hasn't well, isn't technology going so far it's going too far? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, the idea of an automatic truck is not bad in itself. It's more a matter of we're using it to, to amplify the worst effects of an extractive economy. You know, we're, we're, we're taking drivers, and they're not only driving the vehicle, right? And they should be paid for that. They're driving the vehicle across the country, but they're also training their robot replacements in real time as they drive. You know, every Uber driver out there is not just getting uh, 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 slave wages for driving us around when they, could, when they could be or should be driving a cab like a human being, but they're training their replacements, I mean, if they if they owned the company, if it was some kind of a cooperative, then at least they're going to have shares in the robot, you know. Sure, but they the don't. Future. No, they don't. They're being exploited. As are 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 all. I mean, and truckers understand it better better than anybody. Construction workers too. If they look at their construction material, the 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 machines they're using now, you know, the the Caterpillar and John Deere and everything else, there's AI on these things. You know, and that's not just to help the construction person build a better place. It's to teach the machine how to do it without the human being. You know, and that would be fine if you're going to pay the person. Say, look, you've trained all our trucks. You and your family now get royalties on these trucks forever. That's great. You know, and then you can do something else. You know, learn, learn other things if you want. But, but that's not what they're saying. They just want to replace and discard. They're discarding the human contribution. That's every single digital business plan has to do with how do we have less people? How do we get rid of the people? And save money doing it. Right. What's the upside to this kind of technology? Is there any? Well, there's a lot of upsides if we can uh, if we can embed them with human values. I mean, I've got no problem with uh, uh, you know robots tilling the soil and the farmer getting to spend a lot of time watching his robots and drinking iced tea as they do the work. You know, there there is a future, a balanced future, where we use technology to do things that are you know difficult or or, or painful for human beings to do. You know, like right now, in, to to 
build a cell phone, they still have to send a kid in Africa into a cave at gunpoint to get their rare earth metals. You know, that's that's blood on our hands. You know, these are these are not. Uh, it's just like blood diamonds. These rare earth metals are 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 dangerous to get. I mean, so sure, we could be using tech to do that, but it's really a matter of looking at what technology do people need rather than what technology can we build to exploit people more, to repress their humanity, to keep them from talking to each other, to take more of their stuff. You know, we're looking at a very old, uh, what the Native Americans called a disease. You know, when when the colonizers came to North America, they thought they had such faith in humans, they couldn't believe that we would just tear down forests and enslave people and kill like that. So they said we had a disease that they called it wetico. They thought it was a spiritual disease that led us to want to just dominate others and take their things and extract their value. And I think we're still suffering from that disease that we don't realize that uh, it's so much easier um, to include your neighbors in the profit that you're making rather than to try to exclude them, that, that your success is not dependent on someone else's failure, that you do better when everyone does better. We need to teach, even Walmart, we have to teach them, no, you know, that actually if your customers and employees are wealthier, you're going to do better as a business, not worse. The wealthier your customers are, the more they can spend with you. That's right. Douglas, with with the the way things are moving, here we are 2020, what do you think things will look like and be like in 2025, only five years from now, which will be like that? It's interesting. You know, it's it's easier for us to imagine, like, the zombie apocalypse of the future of, of, of 50 years from now than it is to imagine what happens just five years from now. I mean, I have to believe that over the next five years, uh, more people are going to wake up to what it is that we're talking about here. You know, either because they're too poor to keep buying all of this tech, eventually you just can't get the iPhone 20 or the Android 1000, you know, and as you (laughs) fall behind things start to work. I mean, it's like, oh, I can't use that app. And you start to look up. I mean, what I'm doing in New York now, and I'm starting to notice it turning around. I walk around the streets, and I never have my, my cell phone. I'm never looking at it. But I always see, like, everybody's just staring in their phones as they're walking. Oh, I, the I, can't, I can't believe they don't smash into poles and other they people. Do, or into each other, into the street, and the taxi cabs. But every once in a while, I notice somebody else looking up. And I make eye contact with that person, and it feels like we're in a secret club of the humans, like it, it body snatchers, like, oh, there's another one who hasn't been snatched. <laughs> but I'm finding now, over the last year, more and more people are looking up. I'm having that experience more and more. So I think people are realizing they're getting almost nauseous with their devices. And, and yes, I know, you're, you know your nephew or your cousin is on Facebook and they had a kid or whatever, but you could just find out about that, and okay, great, but they're not here right now. There's somebody is here right now. There's your neighbor. There's your coworker. There's your friend. And these these people are coming to the the realization that their real world experiences have have so much more bandwidth to use a tech term than any Skype connection that you can establish rapport, look into someone's eyes, see if their pupils are getting larger or smaller, see if their breathing is syncing up with yours. That you know it it 
fires the mirror neurons in your brain and releases oxytocin into your bloodstream, which is the bonding hormone. And all of a sudden, you feel really different. You don't feel alone. You found another person. You begun on that process. So I think five years from now, we will be much more social. I think we're going to look back on this red-blue state thing just five years from now and realize, oh, wow, that's not us. They did that to us. I'm not a red person. I'm not a blue person. I'm just a person. And this whole thing has been imposed on us by an industry that's looking to make money off these divisions. Oh, that's, that's the name of the game for them. Yep. Yep. And they don't need it. That's the thing. When you look at Zuckerberg with his billions, they don't even need it. They don't need that money. It's just, they're just as, as addicted to this as anybody else. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.